we are close to being in drought conditions. And so what we really pay attention to is the rainfall and the discharge in the rivers between March 1st and July 31st. So we've had a below normal rainfall for the year. In fact, I think we're like four inches below normal for this time of year. So it just means that there is less phosphorus getting delivered to the lake as a result. And so we are going to see a smaller bloom than what we've seen uh, in the last three years. Phosphorus coming into the lakes is runoff specifically from farms? It's phosphorus in runoff over the land. Uh, Most of it is coming from agriculture, although there can be other sources as well, including some failing home sewage septic systems um, and in addition to a few other, other sources as well. But most of it, in the, for the Maumee River Basin in particular, um, the majority of it is uh, runoff, agricultural runoff. Some perspective. Typically in the past, when we've seen in, in 2014 and 2015, these big algae blooms, uh, especially the one by Toledo that shut down the water system, that is primarily created from runoff from the Maumee River Basin? That's correct. So this sounds like it's good news for this year. It is, certainly, and um, it's certainly um, something that everyone is happy to hear that, especially given the dramatic conditions of what we've seen over the last few, uh, three years. However, you know, we shouldn't be celebrating the fact that we've, had, uh, that we've had a dry spring. What we need to do is get to the point where we can actually turn the, the tap down, if you will, um, for the delivery of phosphorus into the lake, regardless of the amount of rain that we've had. And so that's the key, is to that to not sit around and wait for a good weather year or a dry spring, but to get to the point where our land management practices are controlling uh, the amount of phosphorus getting delivered to, to the river and then to the lake. So we often hear the term, even if we don't understand it, harmful algal blooms. Define for us what the harmful part of that is. The harmful part is that this type of algae the, the kind that we see in Lake Erie, it's most predominantly an algae called microcystis. And it's the type of algae that can produce a toxin, uh, also known as microcystin. And this is a neurotoxin and can affect skin, um, um, liver, um, blood, blood disorders. There's a whole variety of, of um, health impacts. And not just for humans, but also for our pets, you know, any pets that swim in the lake. And certainly, as you are aware, the, the drinking water impacts into the intakes uh, that are in Lake Erie and providing a drinking water source for, for citizens. And what does it do for the underwater ecosystem? That has not been as well studied um, in terms of the fish uh, kills and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, we we don't we don't see that as a as a consequence. What we do know, once we get to fall, all of that algal biomass or all of that algae that's in the western basin eventually moves into the central basin of Lake Erie and dies off. And when it dies off, it eats up all of the surrounding oxygen. So that's where what we have are what we call um, dead zones or low or no oxygen zones in in the central basin of the lake. And that does affect fisheries and that does affect the fish. Uh, But it's not a direct consequence of the biomass itself in the western basin. It's only it's when it moves into the central basin and it dies off and uses up all the all the oxygen. Define the western basin what parameters? Sure. The western basin is, is obviously the, the westernmost part of the lake, and typically we look at 
uh, Sandusky, Ohio to Leamington, Canada as, as sort of being the, the eastern boundary of the western basin. And it's largely defined by uh, the depth of the lake. And the western basin is the shallowest part of Lake Erie. And uh, then obviously the central basin, and then we have the eastern basin far off to the, nor- to the northeast. All right, so there are those that will say, oh, brother, here's the conservation community trying to shut down agriculture. No, 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 not at all. That's not. Uh, that's certainly not our message. Um, our message is um, how do we figure out what we need to do differently? Um, because the reality is is that there's not more phosphorus going on the fields It's um, in, ter- in terms of historical highs. It's more about how it goes on and in, in, in when it goes on. And so when we say how it goes on, it's doing away with things like uh, what we refer to as broadcast application, but applying the fertilizer in a way that, that puts it in contact with the soil. And when it goes on um, also matters in terms of not uh, applying on frozen or snow-covered ground, not applying right before a, a heavy rainfall. Um, so there are management techniques that can be used. Everything seems to tie back to global warming these days or climate change. In many ways we can, and there have been several studies that have been done that have made that link um, specifically to the algal blooms in the Western Basin, and primarily due to the fact that we are seeing more frequent, intense storms in the spring. And so we're seeing, uh, so the timing of when that rain happens and the intensity of that rain happens is, is pushing that fertilizer off the fields in, in, a, in a more dramatic way. We're also seeing less snowfall. So if, um, if there is application in the winter, then it's, um, it's not, and we, then we've followed by a rainfall, it's, it, it's being washed off of that frozen ground directly into, into the rivers. And so um, as opposed to, you know, sitting on, as opposed to having a protective layer of that snow. So certainly weather, changing weather patterns is definitely um, related to the issues that we're seeing in, in Lake Erie. Is, what have I not asked you that you think is important uh, given this new, this new prediction? Well, I think it's, I do want to put a put a call out to acknowledge the the science that is being brought forward to help us understand what's happening. I think NOAA and all of the academic partners that are a part of this forecast are applying the best tools available to understanding how how we need to track what's happening.